You're listening to Transplaner RPG, an all-transgender, people-of-color-led, dark-fantasy actual play channel set in an original non-colonial, anti-orientalist multiverse. The Chaos Protocol is our second main campaign and stars Valiant Dorian, Kai Kay, and Sam Starr as players, with C. Thomas as the producer and Connie Chong as the game master. Transplaner RPG is sponsored by Explain Trade, a negotiation skills training consultancy whose director, Dimitri Opines, has asked us to say, and I quote, Please sign up for Transplaner's Patreon, because at some point people will figure out he's a cisgender white guy failing upward, and then he'll be too broke to sponsor us. We love you, Dimitri, and thank you so much for supporting our work. Content warnings for this episode include romance, flirting, detailed descriptions of food, alcohol, substance use, complex and complicated relationships, trauma, and interpersonal tension. Arc 1, Episode 5 A Tale Untold From Self-Eulogy of a Martyr by Connie Chong As the dock workers loitered on the ever-darkening harbor, casting sheepish glances at the royal retinue waiting by the verdant gardens of the Aminu Gate. Abasi Zahar finally admitted the truth to herself that she'd been denying. She'd been stood up. The scion of Raya turned on her heel and strode away from the edge of her kingdom. They passed the limestone sundial that silently taunted them with the fact that half a day had elapsed with not a single ship from Siren Song ascending to the sky docks. They passed the still hopeful priests and the very unhopeful attendants. They passed their father, who gave them a knowing and worried look, and their other father, who simply sighed. Abasi's mother said little, but she did reach forward to smooth down one of their stray hairs. Abasi addressed her three parents. I'm going to train. Don't disturb me. Her parents glanced at each other and then at the emissaries from Jongsin's surge, but neither king nor queen stopped her. And so, Abasi moved through the royal gardens, passing the dry pink spindles of the tamarisk trees and the broad leafy fronds of the date palms. As she strode, she disrobed. She cast off her sheer blouse with its intricately pleated sleeves and the shawl made of the translucent mantis drake wings. She bunched her clothes into a ball, hopped a low stone fence, and slipped not into the training hall, but into her own private quarters where Abasi pulled on their armor. Half-plate, leather straps, feathered gauntlets. She grabbed vials, tools, a boot knife, rations for the week-long journey as a merchant ship's stowaway, and earrings of precious lapis lazuli that her terrible great-aunt gave her on her 18th birthday. Those would make for good barter. Later that night, when it became obvious that Princess Hylian Amergen was not the only truant participant in the Tournament of Heirs, leaving Prin Him Soo-hyun as the only person present at the Scion's table during the first great feast, it would not cross Abasi's mind that she hadn't left her parents a letter. It wasn't that Abasi chose not to. Rather, she simply forgot. Three weeks later, we find Princess Avasi Zahar, scion of Raya, in a tavern in Siren's Song. 
The Yellow Pinwolf is a dingy, wild sailor bar with latticed windows that keep the mesmer smoke out and the customers in. Pillars of mossy wood support a low, textured ceiling with vines and orchids and pungent garlands of spice. The kitchen is visible behind a greasy counter, sweat-stained chefs tossing meats and veggies in huge, oil-slick walks. Servers dart between tables and benches, balancing trays of food, beer, and salted St. Bloom seeds. At this time of day, the golden hour between afternoon and night, the pinwolf is packed to the gills. Wild sailors of every stripe populate this tavern, drinking and singing, gambling and arguing, flirting and arm wrestling, sometimes all of those things at once. And we see now a roguishly disheveled, dark-haired man with tanned skin and a scratchy beard nursing a glass of water by the bar. And we see a little fang peeking over his bottom lip along with an unlit cigarette. And this person is wearing a dark trench coat over a green tie and a white buttoned up shirt tucked into tight black trousers and combat boots. And his eyes are striking. One of them is green and the other is gold. And a scar runs over his right eye as he surveys the interior of the pinwolf with a quiet but amused demeanor. And his gaze actually catches on a bossy. And we see an interested spark dancing in his eyes. He downs his water with a single gulp and takes a step forward, but then he trips uh, over his own feet. He falls, uh, but is thankfully caught by another patron. And this one is a diminutive lizard-like person, about three and a half feet tall, though the back joint of her uh, digitigrade legs is supported by long spire-like heels that elevate her height. And this lizard person wears elaborate silken robes and an ornate headdress of gem-studded bone that flares outward like a grand crest and glimmers in the dim light of the tavern. In fact, every single part of this person glimmers. Their intricate flowing garments, their pale pink eyes, and especially the ever-shifting illusory colors and shapes dancing across their bleached white scales. This lizard person writes the first person who kind of scratches the side of his double jaw and grins an apology down at her. And he follows her to a rowdy corner of the pinwolf where she's holding court over a jubilant crew of wild sailors. And now we push into a different corner of the yellow pinwolf where we find Abasi Zahar sitting with the four of you. Abasi is in the middle of wrapping up her tale of woe. So that's why I came here. Yeah, uh, I wanted to confront that coward, Amarjun, so she would, at the very least, grant me the dignity of forfeiting the tournament to my face, instead of no call, no showing like some grubworm. But as soon as I got here, it became obvious, and at this she lowers her voice so you could hear a pin drop. But the people of Siren's Song think their precious princess is in Raya. But she's not. I was literally just in there. This queen is lying to her people. Now, I don't know why, I don't know how, but I intend to find out. And at that, Abasi folds her very well-muscled arms over her chest and leans back in their chair, seeming to come to the end of her story. And now we pan across this table 
over to the each of you. And I want to know, how have you been taking in this story? Starting with Lumira. I knew it was going to be me. I think this entire time, the more Abasi is going into it, it's like Lumira started out feigning concern for the most part. And the more it gets detailed and she goes into it, and by the time it's the end, Lumira has her entire head cocked to the side, like, and is slow blinking directly at her. Seriously. Yeah, seriously. She stood me a no-clawed no-show, okay? So that's a huge deal, by the way, because it's not just about me, obviously. It's about all of Raya, you know? She, she spit in the face of all of Raya. And on top of that, her mom's a goddamn liar. So where does that leave us? And now I think we pan over to Sayer. How have you been taking in this story? Sayer has been engaging in a silent conversation with Singh with only glances. It is a it is a language and method of communication that only siblings understand, where he raises an eyebrow at every moment Abasi says stood up. It is the no call, no show to the tournament airs where he's kind of like glancing around going, but you're here too, so what happens to the tournament? <laughs> Do you say that out loud or are you just thinking it? Uh, he, he will, he like communicates that to <laughs> Sing and without waiting for her response, his blue eyes flick over to Abasi and he says, wait, if, if you're here, mm-hmm. what happens to the tournament of heirs? What do you mean? And I think on that, we, we pan over to Zion. <laughs> Zaiden, whose whole face, for the most part, as he's been listening, he's been like unconsciously stroking his little stubble and just kind of like listening very intently. But at this, and occasionally in the um, my nemesis and all of that, his face just ends up in his full hand. If there was only one other scion at this tournament. Mm-hmm. And you're here. Mm-hmm. Did you forfeit? Or... <laughs> what, am I a coward? No. No, 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 no. No, obviously no. Lumiere's eyebrow is up here. <laughs> <laughs> like above her above head. Above her head. <laughs> levitated Literally. off of her brow. <laughs> yeah. Sayer crosses his arms and looks over at Sing and she's like... Yeah, Sing... <laughs> At this point, Singh props her elbows onto this like rickety kind of dingy table, which by the way, looks suspiciously familiar to the table in the temple. And I think all of you are starting to get a sense of like where Abasi produced that table from, right? Singh props her elbows up onto it and just kind of like cocks her head to the side in a mirror of Lumira, her pink eyes glimmering with amusement and interest. And she goes, Abasi, I think what my friends and I are trying to say is, since both you and the other princess aren't in Raya, what happens to the Tournament of Heirs? And silence falls. Someone says it. Abasi is just staring at your group, blinking blankly, and she just goes, you know what, I, I didn't really think about that. Um, 
Mm-hmm. You know, I guess I guess things are just postponed, okay? Until I grab Amarjin by the scruff of her cowardly neck and demand a forfeiture to my face, or whatever the hell's happened to her. Or whatever comes out of her face. Excuse me? You seem a lot more upset about the fact that you feel humiliated as the fact that somebody is lying to an entire realm. Um... <laughs> I contain multitudes, okay? I'm upset at both of these facts. I came here because I was upset about the first thing, and now I'm doubly upset because her mom's lying about where she is, which which means which means something's kind of fishy, you know? Like if you I was spent 20 minutes going on about your betrayal, your nemesis. Have you ever been betrayed by a nemesis before? Because if not, don't even try to comfort me, okay? Because it's 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 a heartbreaking situation. Alright? I thought I'd at least kick her ass in front of everyone. Darling, you know nothing about what I've been through. Out on the verdant sea, things can get a little hairy. And Zynan shoots Lumira just a very, like, be very careful look. Yeah, uh, Sayer, I think, catches uh, Zynan's lead and kind of, like, leans forward as well, almost protectively over Lumira. On that note, why, why is the princess your nemesis? Well, she's just so, like full of herself, you know? Like she like carries herself like, oh, like I don't care about anything. Like I'm so great. I'm Amarjin. I'm the scion of soul and heart. And I know the Verdancy in ways you don't. And I'm just so awesome and great and so pretty. And I'm so full of just whatever, you know? So that's just irritating. You know what I mean? Just really irritating. So not a kingdom wide feud then. This is just- Hater. This is just being a hater. Is that what you're saying? Princess, if, if I may. I, I just have a, a wonder if uh, if you find her, maybe solving this whole problem will show her. All I care about right now is finding her, okay? And I don't understand why some of you seem intent on coming for my motivations when what I'm trying to do is what I think is the right thing. Something weird is happening here. You can either help me figure it out or buzz off. Like I said, down at the docks, I think our purposes are similar. Yeah, down at the docks. Speaking of which, remind me again. Uh, you said that that thing that's traveling with your party, that orbable, omen-cold thing, was some piece of salvage that tells you what to do, and that's how you found me? Yeah, we dredged it up. Yep. Can't necessarily explain how. Sorry, it's not more. You know, you just find stuff out there. Yeah. yeah. Hasn't steered us wrong so far. Yeah, Sing leans forward and like nods very reassuringly and very confidently. Princesses Hara, you know how things are out on the wild sea. So many unexplained mysteries. So many depths remain to be plumbed. And this was one odd bit of salvage we found amongst ourselves. Haven't there been pieces of ancient mystery scattered all across the Verdant Sea? This must just be one of them, but it hasn't led us astray so far, and everything it's told us to do, if we've accomplished it, has ended up helping people. And it's telling us to help you now, so if you'll have us, we'd love to assist. Without any pushback from me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, all right, okay, well, um, 
And Abasi gives Sing an appraising look and then looks over at you, Lumira, and gives you another appraising look. And that like heated expression in her eye seems to tamper down. And actually at Lumira, it seems to it seems to simmer into something more akin to interest. Uh, you get the sense that- I wink uh, at her. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of blinks and like, and then looks you up and down again, but in a totally different way. Uh, she is very Aries coded, okay? How you flirt with an Aries is to argue with one. Uh, so, so she lets in a deep breath, exhales and kind of nods at your party and says, well, you know, I've been going at this whole mystery alone up until this point. And don't get me wrong, I've come across some good clues, clues that I assume the three of you have been looking through, you know, up in my little temple hideaway. But uh, I'm gonna have to come up with another plan to really figure out everything that's going on. And, and besides, it's just the four of you are right. I hadn't even thought about the implications of me not being at the tournament and Lumira, you'd mentioned if this was just a personal thing and between me and Amargin, frankly speaking, yeah, it is It is personal. I'd be lying if I said it wasn't, but it is also kind of political. I mean, I'm sure all of you are aware that tensions have been rising between the reaches as of late because of the calamities. And so, you know, the Raya decided to organize the tournament to smooth things over, so the fact that Amargin didn't show up isn't just a personal insult to me, it's... I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it further inflamed tensions, you know what I mean? Yeah. How, how have the calamities affected you and your people, Raya? Well, the Raya's up in the sky, so we've mostly been okay. We've been shielded from the rootquakes and the tangled beasts. But gale winds have been increasing in strength. Trade has been negatively affected. Tensions between my reach and the others continue to grow. We've been guardians of the wild sea's skies for generations. And it pains us, pains me, to see the verdancy mired in such disaster. I don't know, it's just, something doesn't feel right. Hmm, so not even Raya is spared, interesting. No. No, not even Raya. I mean, there have even been talks of Skywings dead in herds, clouds of noxious gas spotted from miles off, the likes of which no one's ever smelled before, let alone seen. What's it smell like? I don't know. I, I've never smelled it, but everyone I've talked to, you know, messengers and whatnot, emissaries who come back to Raya after a couple weeks abroad, it's just, they describe it like it's some, um, it's really thick, pungent, and shiny like if iridescence had a scent but but it's all wrong hmm. is there any other type of byproduct outside of just headaches like any rashes uh. spikes in temperature any type of wounds or or weird skin markings or, or burning sensations anything well, I don't know about all that. Most of this has just been hearsay, you know? My my parents honestly kind of, they think I don't pick up on it because they think I'm just focused on like training and stuff, but I do pick up on it. They've been shielding me, I think, from some of the specifics. But I have heard of people talking about the sound of, the sound of crackling flame. And she lowers her voice to like a whisper, like even saying this is sacrilegious or would invite misfortune. Sayers face darkens as he puts the pieces together, the smell, and he is reminded of the omen he had summoned, the smell of oil. And I think Sayer says that 
a little too loudly <laughs> as he like leans forward, eyes glazed over like one staring into a flame and says, so oil, they're smelling oil. And he does say that a little too loud. Lemira like slaps your thigh like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Abasi kind of startles at that, blinks. Sing doesn't slap your other thigh, but she does put a hand on your knee and like squeezes it a little, Sayer. But above the table, she's like perfectly friendly and still smiling. Uh, I think what my brother means here is just, we've heard these rumors too, obviously out on the green waves and some of the people we've met have said, have said the O word, that, it, that it's oil. Because obviously talking about fire is taboo. Blasphemous. And Sing is like kind of nodding like she's trying to figure it out. Yeah, like she's trying to suss out the vibe. We, uh, we've been trying to find a direction for it. It's another one of those errant things that our seed pod friend here kind of pointed us to. And we just, we're trying to locate it, but wind and all that, tricky. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, this seed pod thing must be... I'd like to see it again at some point because it was kind of cute in a weird way. But anyway, yes. Um, it is. I, I guess you all would be right. I, I, yeah, the smell of oil. I mean, oil isn't exactly outlawed on the seas. You know, some ships use it as their engine and whatnot, but it is it is heavily regulated in all three reaches. Um, its application and how much you can carry at a single time because obviously it's so flammable. So I, I don't know. It's just where there's oil, sometimes there's there's fire, you know? Yeah. Well, thank you for this information. Yeah, of course. I mean, as far as I know, this tournament, like I said, was supposed to really bring the Reaches together during a time when, well, things haven't been this tense since three centuries ago, I guess. That's what everyone's been saying. Everyone's talking about war. 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 Yeah. Desperate people. Exactly. These calamities are just, they're disrupting trade routes. They're causing all these disasters to happen and that's just been, that's been really bad for the Three Reaches. Even I know that. Your approach so far with finding the princess. Yes, yes, my approach. So obviously as soon as I landed here, like it was very obviously immediately that the people of this place thought Amargin was in the Raya, so I knew something was fishy. I started snooping around. I got my hands on a map of a super, super legal and above board way. Uh, and then I was able to use the map to figure out, you know, the best places in the Royal Palace where there would probably be clues about where Amargin's whereabouts actually were. You know, her private study, maybe she's got like maps or books or notes or, or like a diary or something. So I got into the palace grab some things, but the process of going into the palace, I guess I was a little more obvious than I should have been, so I wasn't able to stay for a super long time or grab anything more than just honestly useless children's books. You know, side note, Aubergine has a lot of just silly kids' books in her room. You know what I mean? Like, what's up with that? Just like tales of- You can learn a lot from them. I guess, but it's sort of like bedtime stories. People teach their children using the stories that the children want to hear. It's often a way through oral history telling if you're able to break it down in a way that a child is easily consumed you can pass stories of history throughout the generations children's tales are the most effective 
That's, uh, and uh, Abasi actually breaks out like a journal and starts writing in it. Can you repeat that bit about like breaking it down in a way that a child would understand? I feel like this is a really great setup for an insult for Amarjan, I could tell her when we see her again. Like, oh, you're gonna have to like. Yeah, uh, princess, hmm? princess. It's, On task, uh, darling. Right, yes. And she tucks her, her little notebook away. Anyway, everything you saw in the temple is stuff I pilfered from the palace. It's not much. I haven't even had the chance to confront the queen yet. But honestly, part of me doesn't even want to. I just know that if I came face to face with her, she'd send me straight back to the Raya, and it'd be well within her powers to do so. But I'm not done trying to find answers on my own. Well, now you got help. I think you just need someone who's a little easier on the people part to plead your case. What do you think, Sing? Yes. Yes, Sing chimes in at this with a big pearly white smile. Yes, Lumira, uh, Princess Sahar, I think that perhaps this is where we come in and we can help you. Uh, it seems that you're very self-sufficient, a wonderful leader. You've clearly gotten a lot of headway into this mystery already. And with a little bit of assistance from us, maybe we can help you get all the way to the end of this mystery. Uh, Lumira and myself, we're, we're quite used to dealing with... Um, with a high stakes social situation. So if we were there, perhaps posing as part of your entourage, maybe that would get us into the palace and we can help you confront the queen without having it feel like a confrontation necessarily. What do you think? Despite my demeanor, I am well adept at politicking. She is. You know what? I can actually see that, yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I like that idea. Like I said, I don't trust Queen Hypian farther than I can chuck a 20 pound Tordiever, which is 200 feet, by the way. Uh, you know, it's a world record. Uh, but I, I do know that talking to her is probably necessary for trying to get some answers or at the very least. And at this, her eyes slide over to Zainan and Sayer, distracting her long enough for other people to really snoop around. Sayer looks over at Zainan, shrugs, I think we might be able to uh, accommodate that. Yeah. But if you are so certain of the queen's secret keeping, what has alluded you to that? That will help Zainan and I find her secrets. Well, I honestly tore open the, the princess's study from top to bottom. All I could find were those books. Everything else was just, you know, like just random princess stuff. So I would say that the best clues would be in the queen's sanctuary. That would be her private study, uh, a place of worship. That would be, if I were her, where I, she'd keep all her secrets. Not to uh, get too into the weeds on this, but would you s collaborating with us on this cause some sort of incident? I don't want to start a war. Okay, this is a huge compliment coming from me, but the four of you were really impressive back there during the chase, okay? Not a lot of people could catch up to me, believe me. So with the five of us working together, I am sure we're gonna be able to get to the bottom of this mystery without starting a war. Positive, 100%. Take your word. All right, I will take your vote of confidence. Sayer says nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sing, Sing kind of cocks her head to the side, but is like nodding, right? Kind of an approval. And she kind of leans over to your party in a way that Abbasi can't hear and says, you know, unironically, I really like her enthusiasm. Mm. That's one way of putting it, Sing. 
Well, she did survive a fall from what, like a few dozen feet. She cratered the ground. I cratered the ground too, but I got away scot-free because, you know, chosen one and all that. But she got away scot-free too. The only thing that's kind of broken is her gauntlet. And that's just a mechanical contraption. Lumera is so tight-lipped. Princess, I think you got your distraction. Yeah, the longer you can keep the queen off of herself, we the best. I, if a scion of a kingdom is missing, why would a queen, a mother, say nothing? Unless she had something to do with it. Shame. That also could be a factor or the reason as well. All the more reason to keep armed then, just in case, right, Zainan? Let's let's not jump to any conclusions here, right? We, we can't exactly undo drawing a weapon. Let's give her a chance to explain herself, is what I'm saying. Yeah? Everyone should get the opportunity. Well, that's where you come in, right? Yeah, if you can play diplomat for a little while, visiting from, you know, your far-off realm, and Sierra and I can... Uh, see what's in that sacred sanctuary and when he says sacred you can see there's a touch of discomfort if you know him but maybe the princess doesn't quite pick up on it oh no it just goes completely over her head but she nods yeah yeah you know what i'm liking this plan and i knew i brought my crown from back home for a reason not just my lucky charm i'll look a little bit more presentable a little bit more dignitary like it i'll put on i'll put on my my dignitary face because y'all are seeing my real face, my Abbasi punch punch face, but my dignitary face is, um, it's also something to be considered. Fair enough. All right. Well, I'm liking this plan. A round of drinks is in order. Uh, excuse me. And a server kind of comes over with like a menu, I think, and like slides it in front of each of your place areas on the table. Uh, and you see, because I just love to flesh out the world in such a way. Uh, you see three sections on the menu, uh, food, snacks, and drinks. And under food, uh, these are the following menu items, fried pepmato and egg, octodew pancake, skyward root and hoska. Under snacks, there are a couple more. There's salted saint bloom seeds, fried fungal squid, shredded viper vine, squirrel bow, siren song roasted hydris. And under drinks, we see a uh, little subtitle that says all can be served hard or soft and the drink options are Crezer Ale, Spectra Gin, Worm Apple Cider, Tyric Mulch Beer, Water, and Clean Water. So I just want to know for fun, uh, what are you ordering off the menu if anything? Zynan immediately points to the uh, fried tomato egg. One of, the, one of these eggs and uh, some clean water, please. Uh, yes, sir. Oh, what about you, ma'am? And the server turns to Lumira. Um, mm. tell me, how are the shredded viper vine? Uh, ripe off the vine. Mm, yeah. Let me do one of those. Um, mm-hmm. and some squirrel bow. How would you like your squirrel? Uh, medium well, please. Very well. And, uh, Tyric mulch beer. Yes, Tyric Mulch beer. Uh, now, would you like that with or without residue? Surprise me. Okay. And uh, you, sir. Uh, Sayer looks at the menu, looks over to like ev- what everyone else is ordering, and he's just kind of like playing with his dark curls as he's like pondering the menu. Eyes lingering over the distinction of water and clean water. <laughs> 
and decides to instead order. Um, I would like the octodu pancake, please. Mm, okay. Uh, would you like the tentacles high or low? High. Oh. Okay. And the server looks nervous. <laughs> <laughs> The moment that question comes up, Zayden looks to Sarah. I think we all look. And just his eyebrows raise. <laughs> the, unlike everybody else, his eyebrows have been pretty flat all the way through Abasi's story and all that. This is this what, is what gets him. him. That's hilarious. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and he's like looking at everyone. He feels everyone's gaze upon him. And to shelter himself from everyone else's gaze, hands over to another table's uh, drinks. Mm. Uh, and Connie, I would like to ask, what color is the Crescent Ale? It is thick and amber, and it seems to bubble in the glass. I think that color catches Sayer's eyes, that glint of amber, that deep orange. And then he just mumbles out, and a Crescent Ale, please, thanks. Uh, yes, sir, and the refinery percentage on that? What do you recommend? Uh, at least 70. Yeah, um, give me an, give me a, a, an 80, please. 80, yes, sir. Uh, and uh, the two of you, and Sing, you know, kind of cuts in and says, you know, I will have the worm apple cider soft, please. Uh, yes, of course, ma'am. Uh, how would you like your worm? Um, few. Hold, hold the worm. Yes, hold the worm. You say so. And uh, you, ma'am. And turning to Abasi, and Abasi says, yeah, give me uh, two counts of the spectrogen, low venom, high toxin. I'll have the uh, roasted hydris, but the drees on the side and the high underneath. And I will also have salted St. Bloom seeds hold the salt. Are you sure you would like to hold the salt? Uh, yeah, it's okay. I'm, I'm immune to parasites. Oh, uh, okay. Very, very good. And they collect the menus and they go off. Uh, and as they exit, um, Abasi looks back at your party and like regards each of you appraisingly, especially you, uh, Sayer, and says, you know, you're a lot braver than I pegged you for. Why do you say that? <laughs> and when Sayer says that, he's trying to put off the vibe that he's like curious and maybe attempting to be really social, but his eyes and eyebrows give off like, no, tell me, why, why are you saying that? <laughs> yeah, but, but Abasi just laughs and slaps you on the back and says, ha ha, uh, good luck. <clears throat> oh yeah, you're gonna need it. All right, so who's ready to piss off a queen? We're not, uh, I, I have to insist that the goal is not to enrage the queen of Siren's song. Uh, at least let us get into the room first. I'm ready to piss off a queen. Sing. That's the spirit. <sighs> and on that, we're going to cut to break. This episode was sponsored in part by Die Hard Dice. If you're looking to add some gorgeous dice to your collection, check out Die Hard Dice. They have iconic metal dice, enchanting polymer dice, plus velvet dice trays, portable scrolls, and dice bags. Die Hard Dice is on a mission to be the shopkeep every hero looks forward to seeing, providing premium products that bring infectious delight to every table. They are driven by their customer stories of adventure and daring, and they are so passionate about making dice and accessories that will help you elevate your gaming experience and keep telling stories in your own unique way. Use the code CHAOS at checkout for 10% off any purchase at dieharddice.com. 
This episode of Transplanter RPG was edited by C. Thomas. Our original intro theme music is by Jonathan Charles. Transplaner RPG is supported by our incredible Patreon precepts. Folks pledge to our highest tier on Patreon. A massive thank you to Charles, Cora Eckert, Brooke Bright, River, Chiacres, Scruffesis, Lex Slater, Hat, Alex, Mark J, Lyle and Peanut, Spencer, Brooke in Seattle, Derek Davidson, and Phil. Pledge to our Patreon today for as little as $3 a month to unlock exclusive news, character sheets, GM notes, and even the chance for your tabletop OC to cameo in our show. Until next time, Transplay Nerds!